the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home to free daily video picks from SGPN. It's like YouTube for sports gambling. Make sure to subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ED. Just head to getroman.com slash SGP for $15 off your first month. That's getroman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Welcome, everybody, to episode four of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, my name is Malcolm Bamford, and we have gone three-way tonight. Uh, as usual, I've been joined by Moonaf Manji from Houston, Texas. Moonaf, good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I know we were keeping track of that Red Sox game. Uh, Christian Vasquez just got a single down the line to tie it up, so tie game. 9-9, <laughs> <laughs> live update. So you know this while well, this already goes to air. But, um, and also joined tonight, um, we spoke to this gentleman on our preseason podcast. Um, he's been doing a little bit of all sorts. I know he's been red hat on the tennis, apparently. So we'll ask him about that. Uh, joining us is Will Moorman. Will, how are you doing? What's going on, man? I tell you what, those uh, those ads just sound so much better coming from a British accent. <laughs> well, I do. No, I mean, no offense to Moonaf or Sean or Ryan, who I normally speak to, but as an Englishman, if I'm going to speak to an American, I want them to have your accent. I mean, you're legit. This is this is authentic. Will I mean? Moonaf, I'm not saying you've got a bland accent, but <laughs> you need to sound more like Will. So. I think this is the future. I'm going to leave leave the ad reading to to you, Malcolm, because I think that's what's attracting the listeners. <laughs> and maybe it, it goes up even more with Will on right now. <laughs> they can understand 20% of the words. That sounds about right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so another another busy week. So we're going to review what we did last week, our picks and knocks and dogs and what went well and what didn't go well. Um, and then we'll have a look, look ahead to the weekend series, uh, have a look around the MLB, what's been going on. There's been some big news actually this week. Mm-hmm. Um, have a look to the weekend series and we'll close out with some locks and dogs uh, as per usual. Um, Munaf, uh, from our Sunday night recording, Mm-hmm. Um, lock and dog, how did you go? The lock, um, you know, I'll start with the the lock of that. I was on Walker Bueller. I know they got, uh, I believe it got rained out and they got rescheduled. So I believe it was yesterday, right? Against the Cubs. And uh, I believe he was doing well up until the, the bullpen came around. Uh, let me see if I can pull up the box score here. Um, let's see. I think you were, yeah. Um, they were three to up when he left after six innings. Yeah, um, it was up three to two. So, and then the, the Cubs, I think, believe they tied it up in the bottom of the eighth, and then they both got 
they each got runs in the 10th and then the Cubs, I think, you know, they, they ran away with it in the bottom of the bottom of the 11th with the Rizzo single that scored two or scored a winning run. So that was okay. But I think the bigger, the bigger one was, um, the John means pick, you know, depending on whether you got the line, I think if you got it at opening, you kind of got, could have gotten a plus price on him as a dog. And then he goes out and, uh, throws a no hitter. So that was exciting to see yesterday. I think that was the first, um, first no hitter in Orioles history, I think in 50 years or so. So that was exciting to see yesterday. So that, the dog came through for me at least. Yeah. Um, we were talking, uh, you, you were bigging me up at the weekend, uh, giving me the open top bus ride around the place after my Kentucky Derby picks. Uh, yeah. But I think if you go out and pick the, pick the no hitter, I mean, it was, it was a perfect game in all but name as well. Um, he only wasn't given the official title of a perfect game because of a dropped third strike, um, which just seems a bit odd to me. Um, but yeah, John Means, and I don't think he'll be a dog uh, anytime soon. That's back-to-back yep. weekends that you've uh, you've rolled him out. Yep. And he just looked absolutely outstanding. He looked elite last night. Um, I knew, you know, in hindsight, when it's just obvious that I've done something stupid. So last week I picked... The Rangers to beat the Twins on Monday and the Twins mm. to beat the Rangers on Tuesday. And at the time, I think we said, this is clearly going to go the other way around. And it was just all very scripted. Um, so I locked the Twins on Monday. Mm. Um, and the Rangers got up and beat them um, six to three. And then on the Tuesday, my dog mm. were the Rangers and they went down 6-5. Um, so, obviously, I got them both wrong. However, uh, I did make adjustments. I, I went out and got the Rangers on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday night. Oh, Wednesday and Thursday, actually. Tonight, they've won again tonight. So, I, I picked up the Rangers dogs both nights running. So, I think that's the, that's the sign of uh, of an experienced DJ when I can make adjustments <laughs> on the fly. And I've picked Rangers up both nights. Um, so yeah, it wasn't a, the, not a great week for me um, with a lock in the dog. Moonaf did okay. Um, tally side picks. Uh, Will, we've been picking every night on tally side. It's an absolute grind. How have you been finding it? How have you been getting on? Uh, well, you know, we started the, the season off pretty hot as a group. I think all of us have kind of sizzled down a little bit. But uh, I, had, I honestly haven't... Uh, I haven't looked at my overall record in the past, I think, three days or so. I was hanging right around 50% on all games, which I, I can live with picking every single game. What yeah, we that? said on Sunday night, me and Moonaf said that if we can hover around 50%, you'd be absolutely delighted with that because it is really, really difficult. And as much as I'm talking about bad beats, I, the two games I picked earlier in the week, I was ahead in the eighth inning. Uh, Moonaf's luck was ahead 3-2 up when his pitcher left after six innings and you end up on the losing side. I suppose you take your, your fair amount of good luck wins as well. Um, I, I had a really bad Monday this week, so I've been fighting back. I think I ended up six games under 500 on Monday and I've nearly clawed my way all the way back. Um, so I need to uh, I need to finish the weekend strong. I actually, I've picked up a player prop. I know this is something we've talked about that I am, I'm not very good at as a, as a UK better. It's not something uh, that I'm hugely big on. So last night I had a look at the early game, a game that was a suitable time for me to watch. And I picked up Sonny Gray uh, strikeouts um, yep. over six. Um, for the Reds, he went eight. Um, so I was pleased with that as, a, as, as I dipped my toe into that market for once. And um, 
I was just saying to you before we started recording, I picked the Astros up tonight as well at plus 162. Uh, so I was delighted with that. Um, how's your week going, Munaf? Yeah, not not so great for me. I mean, I think Will's being a little humble. He's uh, he's firing at 62% so far for oh, this week. So, you see? He's um, a man. He didn't even know. He either didn't know or he, he's shrugging his shoulders now. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> we see you, Will. We see you. It's, 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 I think I'm off to the same... Uh, same start as as uh, last week where I was not doing so well early in the week and kind of turned it around uh, and then nothing too glamorous this week. I'm about 10 games under 500, but you know, we're all right there. You know, I, like I said to, to Malcolm and I, I'm sure will agrees is that, you know, if we're all around that 50% mark, 50, 51, 52% mark through the first, you know, month of the season and here in May, I, I think we're going to be okay. I'm sure we're going to catch fire here real soon. And then, um, you know, we'll be the best. We'll be the best uh, MLB game pickers on on the entire tally side as as SGPN. So, make sure to check out our picks daily, every single day there on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Just hit that MLB tab, and you'll see MLB picks, and you'll be seeing picks from Malcolm, uh, Will, and then uh, Nick, who's also been having a a, a great uh, great season so far, and myself. So, um, yeah, make sure to check it out there daily. Yeah, there's definitely an element of um, competition to it when you see the six or seven other organisations that are represented. Uh, there's definitely a little bit of needle and yeah, you, uh, you want to go and beat them at something. Yeah. Um, the big news that broke probably only three or four hours ago, um, mm. and it's something I'll have to leave you two to uh, talk about because I've only known this man for probably the back 10% of his career, yep. round about. Um, Albert Pujols has been released by the Angels, uh, age 41, um, was struggling a little, little bit this year, kind of predictably. Um, so, yeah, they've, they've released him from his contract. Um, Will, is this a player that you've, you, I suppose you've, he's been playing longer than you've been alive, roughly? <laughs> yeah, I've been watching him since I was a very small child. Uh, I think for somebody that's 41 years old, I thought he was having a pretty decent season. I mean, he's hit five home runs last I checked and he was hitting right around 225. I mean, I don't know what else you can ask for, for yeah. from a guy that's his age, a future Hall of Famer. I mean. And Munaf, um, is, it, is it a player that you've watched? Is this, I mean, for someone like myself, can you explain how revered and how elite Albert Pujols has been? Yeah. Uh, you know, first of all, I think this is a guy that's obviously well, well respected around the league by, you know, his, his fellow teammates and, 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 you know, other players around the league. And when uh, Albert was with the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, he was, um, he was a thorn in the side of the Astros, you know, being down here in Houston, uh, he had that one iconic moment where he hit that huge home run in the playoffs off of, uh, off of Brad Lidge. I mean, people still talk about that home run, not only on a national scale, but also here locally that he hit that ball so hard that people still think it's somewhere in the moon still rolling around. But, uh, you know, Albert, like I think uh, will hit the nail on the head that this is guys, a future hall of famer at 41 years old, this, 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 this year, um, you know, he was doing the best that he could, you know, he had five home runs, 12 RBIs, I believe, and trying to pull up his, um, you know, his stats, at least for his career. I mean, he, he, he's been, he's been one of the best, I think, first basemen in the history of, of baseball, you know, consistently. I mean, take a look at the first year that he came into the league, 37 home runs. I mean, he was at 30 plus home runs for about 10 straight years, almost 11 years. 
for the Cardinals before he moved over to the um, the Angels organization. So I'm hoping that he can find a team that's willing to take him on, um, at least for the rest of the season, to kind of play out his career risk, because I do think that he deserves at least that much. I, I would hate to see him kind of go out this way. Yeah, I think over the next few days, there's going to be loads of coverage and you're going to read a lot of articles. Um, you're going to see a lot of stuff and hear a lot of stuff on radio and TV. Um, I was just checking Twitter before and there was, a, there was people rolling out loads of stats. Now, I saw one stat. Now, this is either someone has pulled an elaborate con uh, mm. or this is the most unbelievable stat you've ever heard. So I don't know which one it is, so I'll give it to you and then okay. you can try and work this out for me. Um of all the MLB pitchers that have ever thrown a pitch in the history of the game, Albert Pujols has a hit of 10.2% of them. Now, that to me can't be real. But then the fellow who tweeted out kind of broke it down and analysed it. And I think there was 10,000 and odd pitchers who've mm. thrown a pitch and Albert has a hit of over 1,000 individual different pitchers. Um, so that's either some sort of witchcraft or is the most <laughs> unbelievable sports that uh, you're ever going to come across. I mean, what do you think? Does that sound plausible? I think it does. I mean, you take a look at his numbers with St. Louis, at least he was batting above three, at least three, a minimum of 300 in all his years with St. Louis. You take a look at a stretch where he had, he hit 2008. He was at batting 357, 37 home runs. Um, 2003, 359, uh, 43 home runs. So he's been a consistent great hitter throughout his career. He has, I mean, 3,253 hits in his career, 667 home runs. I for sure believe that's that. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it just tells you it's a tribute to his career at, at what he's done as a hitter in this league. And, um, you know, certainly, certainly going to be a guy, if it, this is his last year in the league, Certainly a guy that's going to be missed uh, playing the game of baseball. Yeah, I think people were um, analysing it, saying that he's playing in an era where there's a whole load more pitches around. People who are playing uh, 25, 30 pitches per team per season, uh, where back in the day, they would just uh, one pitcher would roll out and pitch, uh, pitch nine innings sort of every five yeah. days. Um, the Red Sox have... Flown into a 12-9 lead, Muna. Yeah, I was on that. I think uh, Alex Verdugo got a two-run single that that busted it open. So hopefully they can close it out here in the top of the ninth. So we've covered Albert. Um, other stuff that's been happening around this week. Injuries. Last Sunday night, um, we recorded just after both of these things had happened. Um, Justin May had just left the mound uh, with an injury. Turns out he needs Tommy John surgery. Yeah. So that's him done for 13 months. Uh, we're going to touch on the Dodgers a li in a little while. And Lewis uh, Robert for the White Sox, they've already lost their best player uh, in Eloy Jimenez. Mm -hmm. uh, and Robert, they're now talking 12 to 16 weeks, which is uh, for a hip, I think it was. He just did it running. He was running down the first baseline. There was absolutely nothing in it. And um, we're going to talk about the Chicago White Sox in a little while. So we won't dwell on that um, Robert thing. But what we can touch on, the uh, Dustin May injury, because um, it ties in a little bit with the Dodgers skid, which ties in a little bit with a Cub sweep, uh, which I'm sure, Will, you've got a few things to tell us about. That was a, a good weekend for your boys. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh... You just kind of have to wonder whether it's the Cubs finally 
catching a little bit of fire or whether we're just finally really seeing how poor the Dodgers bullpen is. Yeah, I mean, I thought um uh, I thought the, I think the Cubs are starting to catch some fire here and um you know, we we've talked about at, at length about the Dodgers and their pitching um it, it, it's it it's it's difficult for me to at least kind of figure out this Cubs team. I'm sure Will has a better idea on, you know, how how good they really are. Um, we've talked about Javier Baez at length <laughs> about the Cubs and how he just like swings at everything, but if he's going to hit a pitch, it, it's, it's going to go a mile. So, um, I, I know I, I just want to get more, I think what Will thinks at least, is it, is this team need more pitching? Does it, is it hitting what, what's kind of going on with the, with the, with the kind of the start that the Cubs have had? <laughs> Well, what I think made the Cubs so good was the uh, with Joe Madden was just you know his coaching style is so unique. He's mm-hmm. such a smart guy that understands the game of baseball. He knows when to make the right moves most of the time, and he's also not afraid to take a gamble when he has to. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely think David Ross is a good person to learn behind. I mean, you know, he played under Madden. He is a Cub at heart. Definitely yeah. is going to have the best interest of the team, but uh, I don't know. I just it, it's weird. I, you feel like you you want to believe that they're catching fire, but at the same time, you you know this NL Central is a very tough division. It's uh their pitching staff is not what it used to be by any means, and uh, like you mentioned, Javi Baez, uh, God bless him. He's he's either going <laughs> to hit it out of the park or he's going to go zero for five every night. I actually I saw a few. Uh... Some stats on Javi Baez today, and he's, he's he's talking about I was making corrections, picking the Rangers. Javi Baez is making adjustments, um, and his his peripherals are a lot closer to what something to a, a normal hitter rather than the absolute madman that he's been. I think the Cubs need their elite players to step up um, because there's not an awful lot of depth. So when Kyle Hendricks struggled early on. Um, the Cubs struggled and Hendricks has got back to having a couple of good starts now. Mm-hmm. And that, the kind of, the Ian Happ's another one. Um, Ian Happ couldn't put back the ball. Um, I think it's just, he's either landed himself on the IL or he's going to miss a few, miss a few games. He had a, a collision with Nico Herner early, um, early in this week or at the weekend. Um, and they're the sort of players that w- without those players, the Cubs are going to struggle. They, they, there's not an awful lot of depth there, uh, mm-hmm. but if they're premium if their premium players keep turning up, uh, then they're going to be, they're certainly going to be competitive, uh, I think. So, the Munaf, something that you, mm-hmm. I assume, have watched a little bit of this week has been the uh, Yankees and Astros series. Uh, yeah. the, ever since we panned the Yankees two weeks ago, they've been the best team in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they went into, uh, sorry, Houston went to New York for the first time mm-hmm. uh, since the shenanigans of a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, the Yankees fans have been giving it to them, uh, but also the Yankees players have been giving it to them as well. The Yankees have been flexing a little bit until tonight where the Houston, uh, Houston turned them over. Um, yeah. But we talked we talked about Houston last Sunday and uh, we do fancy them for that Oakland series. Uh, what have you made of the Yankees-Astros this week? Yeah, I think you hit it when we talked about the Yankees a few weeks back and how they were struggling with their bats. All of a sudden, with um, with them turning around, it's you know uh, Stanton had a big series against the Astros here, eight for twelve, hit two home runs, seven RBIs, only struck out twice. 
Um, you know, he scored two runs. So hopefully, you know, when you need your best players, especially for a guy or a team like the Yankees, is you kind of need Aaron Judge and Stan to, you know, be the guys that they're paying them for, or at least Stan with his big contract. So, um, you know, the question also was for this team that we had was, was there, was there pitching, right? For the, uh, for the Yankees, you take a look that uh, dating back against the Tigers, obviously, you know, Tigers, one of the worst teams across the board in, in pitching and hitting, but they shut them out in both of the two games and they only gave up a combined, I believe, uh, you know, they gave up three runs and the two wins against against the Astros in the first two games. And we talked about that, right, Malcolm, is that their pitching had been a lot better, especially going into that their Orioles series where the games that were winning, that they were only giving up three runs or less. And that magic number, again, for them in this series against the Astros was three ga- three runs or less. You know, today they gave up seven, I believe. Um, and then, you know, Altuve had the big three-run home run on his birthday today. So um, I think this Yankee seems, you know, finally turning it around, you know, the hitters are, are are doing well and hopefully the pitching continues to be good for them. Yeah. I watched that game tonight and they did, they looked like um, they were just generally playing better baseball. And we, the, a couple of weeks ago, they were making all sorts of mistakes. We mentioned Aaron Hicks. Mm-hmm. Um, he's getting back uh, to hitting an appropriate number. Uh, the fielding was a whole lot better. There was a crazy, um, infield play where the pinch runner scored from first uh, yeah. Torres had that um, mm. I'd never seen anything like that before but yeah uh, Garrett Cole only gave up one run uh, and then the Astros got to the Yankees bullpen um, but yeah I think the Astros now have a 10 game home stand I think starting tomorrow yeah. um, and with a little bit of momentum that that's generated tonight uh, I can see the Astros going on a little bit of a heater over that 10 that 10 game Yep. home stand that they've got coming up. Um, so we mentioned Lewis Roberts and uh, 12 to 16 week injury. I'm not sure he'll be back this season. And that takes us into the AL Central, which we're going to have a look at for a few minutes. Um, Will, you were just talking about the Cubs manager making the right decisions in the right spots. Uh, do you know much or did you make, what did you make of the uh, A, Tony LaRusso in general and B, <laughs> kind of what went on last night with the... Uh, with the ghost runner and the extra innings. Um, and it was all a little bit of a mess. Oh, I missed it. I, I, I missed that last night. Um, yeah, so it was nothing, nothing game. Uh, bottom of the 10th, or top of the 10th, sorry. Yeah. And uh, Hendricks, his closer, had pitched. Um, and Larissa put him on as the ghost runner. Um <laughs> A second, not knowing <laughs> that he didn't have to. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, I can't stop. I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing about that when I saw it on ESPN. <laughs> I'm like, did he forget to take his medication or something? I'm sorry. <laughs> so it was the pitcher spot was up, but if the pitcher spot was up, you could put the proceeding runner. So he could have put Yuli Guriel on at second. Uh, sorry, uh, Jose Abreu. It was he could have put Jose Abreu at second, but he didn't. He put his pitcher in. Um, who was thrown out at third. He then opted to steal. Uh, the uh, Le- Leuri Garcia took a walk. Um, Larusa then sent him to steal, got thrown out, obviously. And then he let Billy Hamilton hit. Um, well, I know Billy Hamilton isn't very good at hitting the baseball uh, with the baseball bat. So it was just a bit of a shambles. But I know before that, there's been rumbles that a lot of the dugout weren't happy with him. Uh, so as a 
as a betting person from a betting angle, would something like that affect how you see a team? The White Sox is still minus 150 to win that division. Um, so would someone, having someone like... it? You see, I've got a little line on this. In England, in the Premier League, um, we have a bunch of five or six old English managers, absolute dinosaurs, complete not a dinosaurs. And they're sort of, they're on a carousel of going to a team, doing a terrible job, getting sacked. And then they get another job. And I know this all too well because we've had about four of them at Newcastle and we've got one currently. Um, so it's Tony Russo. I'm, in my head, he's in this image of this old sort of, uh, a bit of a, an anachronism like in time. So is this something that, do you think can affect the White Sox's ability to be competitive in that league, Will? Well, uh, well, well, first, just to defend La Russa, and uh, when he, until he came back, this uh, ghost runner was never a thing. Yeah. So he, that's what he said. He he may or may not even be uh, familiar with the rules of it. I'm sure. I'm sure at his age, he doesn't read rule books anymore. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know, man. It's it, it's one of those things where, like, uh, you you almost have to trust with baseball just the talent of the team itself, and almost. I mean, of course, the the you know the man, managing is going to come into effect somewhat, but it, as a whole, I feel like you can trust more or less the players to get the job done, and not really just worry. As long as you don't see him making bonehead moves like that, you should be pretty good most nights, anyways. What I didn't understand was what didn't someone must have been able to tell him either Hendricks or like I say Abreu or who's twenty other blokes in that dugout who could have said Tony. Tony, come here. We can put someone else on. And they didn't. So that either means he rules with an iron fist and they're all terrified to tell him or something went amiss there anyway. Um, so looking at this division then, um, the Chicago White Sox were minus 120. They're now minus 150. Um, and I think is that's really a result of Minnesota sliding. Uh, Minnesota haven't been very good. Uh, they were plus 140. They're now plus 450, so there's some good value there uh, if you think the Twins can get it right. Cleveland have shortened a little bit. Uh, they're plus 425. And the team that have really moved the needle are Kansas. Uh, they're now plus 500, where they were plus 4,000. You can put a line through Detroit. Um, I've got the playoff percentages. is the White Sox at 56%, Cleveland 31, Minnesota 28, Kansas 17. Um, that minus 150 on Chicago White Sox does absolutely nothing for me. Like I must admit, um, I think if they've taken the two best players really out yeah. for the season, um, I don't especially trust what the manager's doing, but I would, there's no way I'd be taking a minus one fifty. I mean, it is that much better than the other teams in that division uh, that they're going to go and cash uh, a minus number like that. I, I think that, First, going back to uh, the hire of Tony LaRusso. I mean, yeah, the guy's a, a smart guy. He's been around baseball for a long time, but I just don't feel like that that was a right hire for the Chicago White Sox, especially having such a young, young group of guys on this team. So, I mean, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head when we talked about that. There's he has bench coaches uh, in the dugout, and how come nobody notified him of that? But you know, th- that's that that's a separate story about what happened there, but. Um, you know, I, I think laying a minus, like we talked about this Malcolm previous podcast, that I'm not laying a minus price right now with any team in the division. 
um, whether it's the Dodgers, Padres, Yankees, you know, whoever it might be. I think there's going to be these standings are going to change every single day. But, you know, for the White Sox, I think, you know, when you lose two big bats like that with uh, Jimenez and then and Lewis Roberts, I think that that's really going to take a toll on the power hitting of the White Sox. Um, you take a look, they're they're. Um, their starters ha- have been phenomenal this year. They rank number three. Um, they they rank number three uh, in, in team ERA as far as their starters. It, it's bullpen that's really been the issue for them. So I, I think if they can fix the bullpen, um, I think they will be fine. But at, th- at this minus price right now, I, I don't want to want any part of of the um, of the White Sox. Yeah, I do like, uh, obviously, uh, Carlos Rodon uh, has done very well. And Dylan Cease, the last three starts, there was a lot of talk about him pre-season. The, I think it was the catcher was saying he's got Cy Young stuff. Uh, he had a great out in the other night. Um, actually, he had three hits. He hadn't faced a pitch since high school and then came out in the majors. Uh, picked up a bat and had three hits, uh, as well as striking out 11, uh, giving up no runs. So, um Will out of those teams, if we, if we not particularly inclined to take the White Sox at minus one fifty, where would you go? Are you a Kansas City truther, or is it Cleveland, or is it Minnesota? Well, see, first of all, here's the thing about the White Sox. I just they rank third in batting average, sixth in ERA, eighth in WHIP, and eighth in OPS in the league. And I really just wonder: are those numbers going to be sustainable all year? Uh, when you look statistically. Uh, I really just don't think the Indians have enough uh, hitting to get the job done in the end of the day. Yeah, their pitching staff's good. They rank 10th in ERA and WHIP, but they, they, I mean, they're 28th in batting average, 23rd in OPS, and that's just not going to get the job done. Yeah. Uh, when you look at Kansas City and Minnesota, they're both right around the same, uh, statistically speaking. And uh, you, I really just believe that if you're going to pick a team here, you probably want to go with Minnesota just because right now they are ranking ninth in batting average, seventh in OPS. They're, they're, they're starting to play better as a team. Their pitching staff has been surprisingly bad considering what they brought back and how good they were last year. And I, I just feel like they would figure it out sooner than the Royals pitching staff could. And, and, and once again, I just don't see the White Sox being able to keep maintaining the numbers that they're, that they're, that they're going with right now. Yeah, I agree. There was a few stats jumped out to me when I had a little look this afternoon. The, um, the first one was the BABIP numbers and the White Sox were first overall at uh, 321, where Cleveland were last at 239. So by the time those two things regress somewhere to to the mean of about 280, I think that'll bring Cleveland a lot closer to the White Sox. The Royals have been good. The Royals have been fun. Um, they've got that young pitching staff. Brady Singer's been going really well. Um, they brought a lad up, uh, Lynch, I think his name might be. Uh, he came up this week, uh, one of their top prospects. Uh, Danny Duffy's been pitching really well. But they've got a they've got an ERA 4.5, uh, 4.59, which is right down there with the Angels and then the Tigers, uh, who've been absolutely awful. So I don't think Kansas City um, can sustain that. But they are making, they're, they're making the price. And I am kind of drawn to Cleveland a little bit. Um, Cleveland's bullpen as well has been lights out. Uh, James Karinczak gave up some runs for the first time. Him and uh, Emmanuel Classe, neither of them had given up a run until I think it was maybe Monday or Tuesday night, Karinczak gave up one. Um, But those boys have been um, lights out as well. So I would, I mean, we can't really not make picks because that's not, that's not our brief. Um, 
And I would be, I'd lean towards the Indian, uh, the Indians at plus four twenty-five. Um, Minnesota will get back right. This is kind of the same conversation we had about the Yankees two weeks ago, um, and we could be having this conversation in two weeks' time, thinking what all the fuss was about. It's still a relatively small sample size. Um, but yeah, the the plus four two five on Cleveland um, is is quite appealing to me from what I've seen. I think that um, for the Indians, they're starting pitching um, outside of Shane Bieber and um, and Savali. There's nothing much there after that, right? That, I think that's where they kind of need to start doing better um, and getting some more consistency out of their, their back of the rotation, guys. And the batting, like Will said, it's been atrocious so far this season. You know, they're number 28 in batting average, number 28 in runs scored, and number 22 in uh, in hits in the entire league. So I think that's the, the, at least the part where they kind of need to step up outside of Jose Ramirez and Fran Mel Reyes. The Indians batters have not done much for them so far this season. So I, I think that's that's the part for the Indians where they kind of need to, need to start playing, um, you know, start playing – better baseball is on the batting side. You take a look at some of the averages for, for their, for their, you know, lineup 279 for Ramirez and then races at 281. But after that, you know, Josh Nyler is the closest guy 272. But then after that's a significant drop off all the way down to 240 and then sub 200 batters. So, um, you know, I think that's the one concern I would have for the, um, you know, for, for the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, they do try and cobble stuff together. They have a lot of speed. Uh, Ahmed Rosario, Jimenez um, sharing time. They're trying, they're trying to steal runs and play a little bit of small ball. Um, yeah, they might get found out. I think to draw a line under this, my biggest take is that I just, I'm just not interested in the minus 150 uh, for the White Sox without really having a solid alternative. Um, I can't tell you uh, particularly who to pick, but I certainly wouldn't be picking them. Um, WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today, and you'll receive a special offer up to $500 risk free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. So if you want some 425 Cleveland Indians, Cleveland Indians or some 450 Minnesota Twins, get your bonus, sign up at winbet.com. Get involved over there. No one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three puts with a tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to getroman.com slash SGP now. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A US licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash SGP and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. 
Go to getroman.com slash SGP now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Getroman.com slash SGP. Get started now to save $15 on your first month of the treatment. If you haven't played on Underdog Fantasy, you have to check it out. Their fantasy best ball tournaments are some of the best around, including their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament, where you can win $1 million. Plus, you can play a number of games involving parlay and player props for MLB, the NBA, and more. They also have a special NBA playoffs best ball tournament coming up as well. Go to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN. And don't forget to enter their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament for your chance to win $1 million. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. So we've covered where we went right, where we went wrong last weekend. Um, So we have a little look ahead of what's coming up. Uh, these series over the over the weekend. Um, there's a few, again, there's no real stellar kind of series. The Nationals and Yankees have some nice pitching matchups. We've got a divisional series, the Reds and the Indians. Um, we've got LA versus LA. I would call that a derby. I don't know what you boys will call it. Um, Padres, Giants, uh, and we can touch on the Cubs as well. Uh, will, is there any series or particular games or pitching matchups that jumped out from this weekend? Uh, I think there's a couple of good series. You know, you mentioned that, the LA series. I think that one should be pretty good. Uh, the Cincinnati Cleveland one, I think that could uh, very sneakily be a good series. Uh, and, uh, of course, the Nationals, Yankees. That's the one I think everybody's really looking for, looking forward to seeing. Uh, hopefully, the Nationals can go ahead and get the job done there. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, we'll cover the ones that you know that really kind of stuck out to me. Um, I, I think the you know the Nationals and the the Yankees one is going to be the most interesting. Um, and then I think the Blue Jays and the Astros may be a little under the radar one to keep your eye on. And definitely like the one that you mentioned, Malcolm, the the two LA teams clashing this weekend uh, with the Dodgers and the Angels. So, you know, last weekend we didn't have that many series to kind of look forward to, but uh, you know, this weekend we, we have some, you know, pretty good series and some pitching matchups that, um, that, that kind of caught my eye. I think one was Saturday night in the nationals and Yankees game, Max Scherzer versus Corey Kluber. The Kluber's looks like he's starting to turn the corner here a little bit for the Yankees. I know in the first couple of starts, they were kind of limiting him to kind of how many innings that he was kind of getting out there. He wasn't making it past the fifth inning, but you know, last week he had a, uh, I think he got out of the fourth or out of the fifth inning last week. So um, I think that's the one that I'm going to be looking forward to here. Um, you know, this coming weekend against, uh, you know, the tight against the Tigers, he went, I believe eight innings and, Two two hits, ten strikeouts, no earned runs, and he got the W there. So you know it's exciting to see Kluber kind of turn it back around um, uh, for the Yankees here. Yeah, they are the the three decent pitching matchups. We got Corbin, Tyone on Friday night. Um, Saturday is uh, Matt Scherzer, Corey Kluber. I mean, I've kept quite a close eye on Corey Kluber, and he was struggling to get out the fourth inning, um, but. Yeah, in fact, he picked up the AL Player of the Week uh, last week. Two starts uh, with a 0.61 ERA. It was only against the Orioles and the Tigers. Uh, so this uh, this week coming up against the Nationals. I mean, Max Scherzer was just absolutely outstanding last time again. Yeah. 
Um, we talked about him, I think, a couple of weeks ago, showing no no signs of slowing down uh, whatsoever. And then trying to drag up the Sunday night matchup as well. Uh, Joe Ross, who I keep getting him wrong. I faded him. I think I might, in fact, I might have got him right once. Mm. And having done that, I then thought I had him worked out. And I've got him wrong every time since. Uh, so when I tag him for a good start, he's awful. And the other way around. Uh, and Domingo Haman goes on Sunday for the Yankees. Um, someone we did talk about, uh, experiencer a renaissance, who's pitching again uh, Friday night, is Matt Harvey Munaf. Yeah, I was just going to mention that. <laughs> the um, dark night. Um, yeah, we talked about him last time, right? And, you know, I think last year's when people were, were fading Matt Harvey because he was doing really bad. But obviously this season, it's been a 180-degree turnaround for him. And, you know, just looking at some of his numbers, um, he, he's been, he's been decent. I mean, you know, it hasn't been the train wreck that he was last year. He's three and one with a four ERA, um, 22 strikeouts, nine, nine walks. It's only given up two home runs, which, which I think is the big thing for him. Um, but I mean, he's been respectable. He's been helping out that Orioles, um, you know, rotation, obviously behind John Means. So, um, hopefully he can continue that. I know he's going up against my Red Sox, but you know, I think that Eduardo Rodriguez and then Matt Harvey uh, matchup is, is it's going to be a fun one to uh, fun one to watch this weekend. Yeah, that uh, will the Cubs go to the Pirates this weekend? On the face of it, not a hugely glamorous series. Do the teams who were kind of struggling will they pinpoint these series as games that they want to win? Do they want to? Will will they sort of go more all out against against teams who are going to have a poorer record? Will the Cubs look at this series and say, right, I know they've just gotten to sweep the Dodgers, but say, right, this is a this is a series that we can go and sweep uh, and give it everything they've got. Uh, you you would think so. You you know those are the types of series that you have to win. I mean, in, in the end of the day, uh, you, you can't really afford, especially when you're a team that's. Uh, really just now struggling to get above water like the Cubs have, you can't afford to go and drop two or three against Pittsburgh because it's going to ruin your mo- any kind of momentum you have. It's going to get in your head, and that's never a good thing. And uh, Zach Davis on the hill for the Cubs tomorrow. We talked in the preseason pod about this kind of unusual setup the Cubs have. They don't have a lot of flamethrowers. They tend to have quite a lot of finesse pitches, and Zach Davis is another one in he has struggled a little bit. Uh, his last outing against the Pirates um, allowed seven runs in one and two third innings. So what do you make of Zach Davis? Uh, you know, I, I don't mind having pitchers that uh, aren't exactly those those power guys that are going to come out and fan 10 every game. But uh, it's nice to have one or two on a staff. And when Jake Arrieta is about your closest thing to that, it's uh, it's pretty scary. Honestly, uh, Davies is another one of those that just I, he, he's solid. You know, he's a guy that you definitely probably want in your rotation if you can get him. But at the same time, you don't want to put a ton of faith in. Yeah, there's a there's a game here on Friday night that I've been looking at as well. The uh, the Twins and the Tigers. Um, I was looking for locks and dogs earlier on, and obviously because we were looking at that division the the Minnesota Twins division. Uh, I was looking at their pitching and the first four starters are relatively solid. Uh, they haven't been spectacular. They will get better. But Matt Shoemaker is the fifth starter and hasn't been really. Um, set a career high nine runs 
allowed last time. He's got a 7.83 ERA. Um, and he takes on Tarek Skubal. Now, Tarek Skubal is a highly touted prospect. He's got a 6.14 ERA. Um, so that's nothing to write home particularly. Um, but I just, uh, with the struggle that the Twins have been having, um, I thought the Tigers might be a live dog this one Friday. Or even, is this the sort of game where you'd just be looking at overs? When Is it that basic that you look at a 7.83 ERA and a 6.14 ERA and just want to take the overs on it? Yeah, I mean, like we talked about earlier when we were talking about the AL Central is, you know, this division is really struggling with pitching, right? We, You know, Minnesota Twins, I mean, they have... Uh, just uh, at least one guy, Michael Pineda, who's been really good for them. Outside of that, it, it's it, it's been tough sledding. And like you said, last week or his last start, Matt Shoemaker, I mean, he gave up eight earned runs, nine runs, total eight hits in three and a third inning, two walks and, and two home runs. And then, you know, before that, he's he's been giving up a lot of runs also. So, um, you know, uh, we know what the Twins bats can do, right? And then, you know, the Tigers do have that capability of putting up runs on the board and their pitching across the board has been atrocious also. So you might want to be, you know, obviously also like you mentioned, Malcolm is take at maybe looking at overs and possibly, you know, Minnesota team total overs here tonight, especially if they're going to go up against a lefty this weekend, they've been one of the better teams against, against um, lefties this season. So definitely uh, something to monitor this weekend when, when you're, when you're betting either, you know, if you're going to bet this series between the the twins and the tigers, something to definitely keep in mind. Yeah. Um, another one I looked at on Friday night was Trevor Rogers, the Marlins, uh, the Brewers are going with a bullpen day. Um, and Trevor Rogers being excellent. 1.91 ERA, 44 strikeouts. He's three and two, um, gave up one Homer, uh, last Sunday against the Nationals. Unfortunately, it was a three-run homer. Um, but he shut out the Brewers before that. And I think he should be a decent price. You know, he'd be verging on lock territory. Um, I'm in this awful habit of change. I've changed my mind about three times so far on my lock and my dog. And now Trevor Rogers is staring, flirting at me. He's making eyes at me off the uh, MLB page as well. But I'm not going to change anymore. Um, so it's about time that we... We had a look and made some picks. Uh, we will start with, because it's your debut, Will, you can lead the way. Uh, do you have a lock and a dog for the weekend? I sure do. Uh, I'm looking at Saturday afternoon uh, for my lock. I'm going to take the Cardinals, Carlos Martinez against uh, the Rockies. He's uh, Carlos has been really struggling this year, but, uh, you know, it, it, he seems to be kind of pitching better as he – Starts more starts, and and a start against the Rockies is a, a good place for any pitcher to bounce back, especially at home. Uh, the Rockies are trying Chichi Gonzalez out, which uh, <laughs> not a, not a fan. Uh, you know, he, we're we're only going to see what probably three innings from him, anyways. Yeah. Uh, the the Cardinals just it seems like a good place for them to bounce back, and then for my dog, I'm looking to Saturday night going to take the Angels at home with uh, Dylan Bundy. I'm sure there'll be a dog here in this. Uh, we don't know who's going to start for the Dodgers yet, but. Uh, it's it's safe to say that he he'll probably be a plus one forty or so dog at home, and uh, even though he's been struggling, he we've seen what he can do in the past couple of years, and I feel like he's one of those pitchers that'll figure it out sooner rather than later, and uh, the way the Dodgers have been so hit and miss, it just seems like a good spot for them to uh, get a win. Yeah, I, I like that a lot, Willie. Dylan Bundy's been great, but just ride the momentum of that Dodger slide as well. Uh, Two and eight, I think, in their 
last 10. Um, yeah. And if you're getting plus odds on, on a good pitcher like Fundy, that'll be a competitive series uh, this weekend. We always talk about the Angels, of how, how much fun they are and how easy they are to root for. And then they just never seem to put it all together. Um, so, yeah, I think... Uh, and they might be doing a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of something for Albert as well this weekend. They might just have a little bit of a little bit of extra spring in their step. Uh, but I like that play a lot. Uh, Munaf, what have you dug out for us this weekend? Yeah, I'm going to go to the Chicago White Sox in the Royals uh, series here starting tomorrow night. I know Carlos Rodon is on the mound for the Chicago White Sox, and he's been absolute flamethrower so far this season for the White Sox. He's you know 4-0 with a .72 ERA, 25 innings pitched. Only given up seven hits in that span, 36 strikeouts. And I think the one thing that really stood out for me when I was taking a look at him is that opposing teams right now are batting less than 100 against him. 0.085 is the opposition uh, batting average against him. So, you know, in in the two starts that he's had against Kansas City, 2018, he went six innings, two runs off of five hits, five strikeouts. And then last, sorry, in 2019, um, he went five and a third, three hits, three runs off of that and six strikeouts. So I'm going to continue to stay with that hot hand. Um, he should be a favorite. Uh, my second one, I'm not sure if he is going to be a, uh, a, a dog, but I really like Patrick Corbin against the Yankees. Um, he's also going Friday night. Uh, Yankees again, dead last in, in the entire league, in the entire MLB against left-handed pitching, batting 155. They're last in, uh, like I said, batting average on base percentage and slugging. Um, the thing, the fun fact about Corbin is he's he's from the New York area. He was about four hours from Clay, New York. He's about four hours from Yankee Stadium. Grew up as a Yankees fan. So, you know, going back to Yankee Stadium in your hometown, you really do want to pitch well. So, um, that, that's, that's the one that I was looking at for, for Saturday, uh, sorry, tomorrow night. And then just, uh, his opposition for the Yankees, Jameson Talion is going to be on the mound for the Yankees. Um, you know, Washington's a team that doesn't strike out. They're number two in the league with the list of, with the least amount of strikeouts this season. So we should see some success for, um, Patrick Corbin against the Yankees tomorrow night. So both of my picks will be going tomorrow night. Yeah, I think he probably will be a dog. It'll be uh, maybe a pick him if not. Um, there's nothing much in that one at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Carlos Rodon and Patrick Corbin both on Friday night. Yeah. Um, I, I've gone through pain this afternoon trying to pick these. Um, the first one I looked at was Zach Plezak, Uh because I've watched a couple of his games and to the eye test, he's just been dead unlucky. Like he's been painting corners. I know he, he had a couple of good starts and he had a couple of horrors. Um and then he's kind of, he's going to, he, he will plateau, but he's been painting corners and he's been a little bit unlucky. Um, but in his last two starts, he had a 2.03 ERA opposition batters hitting one point, uh, point, uh, 170 just against him. And I'm kind of fading the Reds as well. I think um, I've watched them a couple of times this week and they just look like they're going to regress a little bit now. And I do think Zach Plesak will get the win. However, I, I leant away from him uh, right at the last minute and I went for the Astros um, on Friday night. We talked about this 10-game homestand uh, that they've got. So first up for them is uh, Kidi, and he's yep. taking on Ross Stripling now. Uh 3.71 ERA. He's two and two as Jose Arcidi. Um, But Stripling's struggling a little bit for Toronto. Toronto have been hot and cold. Um, 
through 70 pitches last week. He's back from the IL. I don't know if be, there might be a bit of a bounce factor from that as well. Uh, so I'm going to take Jose Akidi. I think the Astros will get hot um, over this homestand. So he's going to be my luck. The Astros, that's on Friday night. Uh, and for my dog, I went on Saturday um, and I went San Francisco over um, San Diego. It's Kevin Gosman who's pitching for the Giants. Was on the COVID IL. Uh, but before that, uh, pitched really well against the Padres. Um, limited them to just one run. I think it was a... a Bomb as well by um, Fernando Tatis uh, over six innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's 2-0 with a 2.04 ERA and 40 strikeouts, Gorsman. Um, Musgrove started really well, um, but he's, he's... I mean, he's been doing all right last time. He's still inducing a lot of swinging strikes, uh, but he has stuttered a little bit in his last two outings. He's allowed eight runs in eight innings. Um that San Francisco Park will hold the ball as well. So I think they could be relatively low scoring affairs. So if the two teams are, there's not going to be much between them. Uh, I think Gosman will be a dog uh, and I think he can get it done uh, on Saturday night against the Padres. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll get all those tweeted out. We'll get those into our tally side picks. Yep. Uh, so remember to get across to tallyside.com or if you have a look on the SGPN website the picks are embedded in there um will briefly um you've been on fire on the the tennis tell me all about the tennis i don't know much about tennis betting i mean point me in the right direction where do we find you what sort of a heater have you been on they, they've been stupid picks you don't need a you don't need to follow his <laughs> stupid picks they've been as stupid as his picks this week in baseball so you don't you don't need a don't need a listen don't listen to his picks they're oh, stupid man so uh, I've been sharing them every day on the uh, the Slack channel, sg.pn forward slash Slack. Join in, get in on the conversation. Um, tennis is a pretty easy to handicap sport, I'd say. It's uh, it's it's more or less like normal sports in the sense that uh, one one person is going to be better than the other, but percent wise, they seem to win a lot more. Uh, and you catch a lot of lines for some reason. You'll catch good underdog prices on a lot of people that shouldn't be underdogs. Uh, I, I don't have the exact number right in front of me. I'd have to. Uh, I know yesterday was an eleven point seven seven unit day, uh, pl- a plus eleven point seven seven units. And uh, over the past two weeks or so, I'd say it's it's somewhere around the twenty to twenty five range uh, plus units. It's been a pretty pretty good run. Uh, shout out to uh, Jong Lee as well. He uh, he's been been on a heater right there with me, sharing his picks daily over there on the Slack channel as well. I absolutely love it when the Slack channel gets lit up. You can always tell if people are having a, a good day or a good weekend or whatever, because I'll get home from wherever I've been and open the laptop and there's sort of 72, 72 notifications in the Slack channel. And you know someone's going off somewhere, whether it's uh, Moonaf in the in the basketball or the boys with the football. Though I got lucky with the Kentucky Derby last weekend and obviously we'll lighten up the tennis. So get yourself across to the Slack channel. There's all sorts of shenanigans goes on uh, and it's a fun crowd as well. So... Uh, that's the place to be. Um, Munaf, anything else you need to point us towards this weekend? Uh, no, no. I mean, you know, we, we still have sports going on. So, uh, you know, we, we talked about everything, baseball, um, cranking down or winding down the basketball season. I think next week is the last week for regular season games. So definitely check out our podcast. We're going to have 
some big plans for the uh, for the playoffs. And uh, quickly wanted to shout out to Underdog Fantasy, our, our our sponsor this month. Man, I've been playing around on that website with with you know there's there's best ball drafts for uh, NFL. I know Kramer and Sean have been cranking those out, but if you're an NBA guy or even you know a baseball, they have props on there to that you can you know you can wager down on and parlay. So. Definitely check out underdogfantasy.com. Make sure to use our SGPN uh, uh, code. I think it's a free $25 added to your bankroll there. So definitely, definitely check out uh, underdogfantasy.com. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Will, quickly, where can we find you on Twitter? On Twitter at uh, bballbetting101. Excellent. Route one. Uh, Munaf? Yeah, you can find me as always on Twitter at sports nerd eight two four, dropping my NBA player props, total of the day, uh, baseball bets on there. So make sure to check all of us out on on Twitter with, with Will and and myself and Malcolm. Where can they find you on Twitter? Yeah, I am. I'm trying so hard not to get into basketball betting. I don't <laughs> have room for another vice. Like I just haven't got room for another vice. Um, and I see you with your little lock and then it's got the little money bag or the little flame next to it. And I think, yeah, let's get involved. Like I don't, I can't, I haven't got time. Um, I'm at mal underscore B underscore sport. Um, yeah, if you can understand 20% of me Northern English ramblings about football and stuff, um, you'll be doing well. So cheers boys. Thanks. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Will, on debut and Moon off um, for the fourth episode. Uh, we'll keep going. Hopefully have a good weekend. We'll have a strong weekend. Uh, get those logs and uh, dogs in. Um, we'll be recording Sunday night where we're going to wrap up the weekend, see how we did and have a look to the early week series. Um, Will, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Moon off. Cheers, man. I'll speak to you Sunday, no doubt. Yes, sir, and uh, I'm sure Will will be a frequent, uh, frequent uh, guest on our on our MLB pod. So, looking forward to having uh, looking forward to having Tim for the rest of the season. Also, absolutely. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, we'll see you down the road. Cheers.